Amen. Hey, just uh, before I share a few thoughts with you out of the Gospel of Matthew tonight, uh, just a couple of reminders. Next Sunday, we're having just one service at 10 a.m., so not our normal two services at 9 and 11. And even though this is Christmas Eve and we probably do have a few visitors, I think you realize that if you want to get your normal seat next Sunday at 10, you probably ought to get here a little early, okay? Uh, then don't forget that our Wednesday midweek services resume on Wednesday, January the 4th. So next Sunday at 10 and next uh, January the 4th at 7 p.m. here at the Oasis Church. God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, and the world has never been the same. And I want to share with you a few thoughts out of the Gospel of Matthew concerning some folks called the wise men that you are probably familiar with and that we sung about tonight. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew writes this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, in the time of Herod, there came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star rise, and we have come to worship him. That was their purpose, coming to worship him. Down in verse 11, they come to the house where Jesus is now at. They see the child and his mother, Mary. And the Bible says that these wise men bow down and worship him. Then they open up their treasure boxes and they give him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to share a lot with you in a short amount of time tonight. So I don't expect you to absorb it all any more than I'm going to absorb it all. What I am hoping and praying for is that what you've already experienced tonight and what you will hear from me tonight may cause you to reflect, to pause, to consider, to think about who or what it is you worship and what are you living for? And are you living right now for what really matters? What is of greatest and highest value? Is what you are living for and pouring your life into, is it going to matter a hundred years from now when you're dead and in eternity like everyone else before you? Is it going to matter a thousand years from now? Is it going to matter a million years from now? Or is what you're living for just what you can grab that the world is offering you right now that you can't take with you or isn't part of eternity. I think the wise men have a lot to teach us, and so I want to talk about their worship tonight in sort of some different aspects. First of all, let's talk about who are the wise men. We hear about them, right? They were a very unique and powerful and influential group of people in the ancient world that were both political leaders and religious leaders. They carried a lot of weight. They were very influential. They were esteemed. 
They were honored for their wisdom and their insight. Uh, they were astute in many different areas of wisdom and knowledge. And, and one of the areas that they were experts in was astronomy, the study of the planets and the stars and all of that. And so it's very interesting to me that God chose a star, something that would be very fitting, very familiar, something that these wise men would be very comfortable with to lead them to God. And God is the same way today. He will meet every one of us where we are. And if we show any interest in wanting to live for what really matters and to know a little bit more about God and to maybe even learn a little bit more about this Jesus who was God come to earth, then God will guide us to him just as he did the wise men. And he will use things in our life that we can understand, that, that fits us, that, that we're comfortable with in order to lead us and guide us to that greater understanding of him. Let's talk for a moment about wise men who, again, are esteemed and honored for their wisdom, and yet one of the things we learn here in this story is they weren't too smart, or at least th thought themselves too smart, to keep learning, to keep growing, to keep gaining more knowledge. You know, they could have said, oh, you know, when they heard this story about, about this star that God could use to guide them to, to God come to earth, and that they were open to that. They, they weren't like shutting down. They were like, that's something we want to check out. That's something that we want to explore. That's something that we want to look into and inquire about. That shows a lot of wisdom. That's the kind of worship that we should always bring into our lives, that we never stop growing, that we never stop learning, that we're always open to what God may want to do or say to us and, and may want to guide us in a certain way and that we're open to it. We don't feel like we've arrived and like we know it all and that, that we can't be taught and that we're not teachable and that we're not open to what God wants to say to us. You certainly see that in the wise men. The fact that they were willing to inquire, they say when they came to Jerusalem, hey, We've seen his star. How did they even know about this Messiah that was going to come? How did they even know that God would use a star to guide them? Because they had heard these prophecies many years before. And again, they were open to it. They were receptive to it. Their hearts were not shut off to it. And they said, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? They were willing to ask questions. They were willing to inquire about things that they didn't know for sure, but they wanted to know more about. They had that hunger and that thirst, that, that, that inquisitive nature to say, I want to know more about this God that is revealing himself to me and supposedly has come to earth to reveal himself to me as a human being. So you see that in the story of the wise men. 
you also see this whole idea of the fact that they didn't hear about God coming to earth and stayed over here probably 900 to 1,000 miles away and said, well, you know what? That's really nice that he came over there in Bethlehem, but we're going to stay over here. No. They made a journey, a very long journey, and they wanted to close the distance between themselves and the presence of God that was now in the form of this baby. That's what worship does. Worship pursues the presence of God. Worship is all about if that's where God is, if that's what God's doing, then I want to be close to it. I don't want to worship God at a distance. I want to be as close to him as I possibly can be. And I'm going to close the distance between me and God. And here's the cool thing. I don't know where any of you are between you and God right now. You could be as far away from God as you humanly can possibly be. Do you know all God wants to see is that in your heart you have a desire to want to be closer to him? Because he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And there's no distance that you and I can be from God that's too far. No distance. It doesn't matter what you've done, what your background is, or where you come from. God can close that distance as long as he sees that you're willing and that you want more of him. And that was the wise men. Which leads to this whole other part of worship is, I'm just going to embody it with this word, sacrifice. I mean, I know we don't think about it a lot, but I want you just for a moment, maybe even tomorrow, if you think about this story, or maybe in the days or weeks or months ahead, if you read this story and you study the story out of Matthew chapter 2 about the visit of the wise men, think about the logistics of this. This wasn't just a small group. This was a large caravan of people. They would have traveled about 900 to 1,000 miles to get to Bethlehem, okay? Uh, the sheer amount of animals and supplies and resources and food that they would have had to take, the time it would have taken to make this trip would have been several months. This wasn't like just jaunting over, you know, next door somewhere. This was a huge undertaking that they made to see the Christ child. And so when you think about it, they sacrificed their time, they sacrificed their toil, their, they put a lot of work and effort into this, they sacrificed their treasure and their money to pay for it all. I mean, it was a huge sacrifice. Why would they do that? Because they thought that Jesus was worth it. They thought that seeing him and, and having the opportunity to be in his presence and worship him, that it was worth it. Because to them, after they had learned about who he was, they thought there is no one or nothing more valuable or worthy of my time, not my talent, my treasure, than him. And I'm going to make whatever sacrifice I need to make to get to him and to be in his presence and to show him my love and to express my worship. Whew, 
That's pretty convicting in our day and age, even amongst those of us that call ourselves Christians. Because we live in a day and age, even in our Christian culture, where we as Christians, we want to worship God, but we want to make it convenient. We want to make it as comfortable for us as possible. We don't want to go out of our way. You know, we want churches to have multiple services so that, so that we can pick the, the service that most fits us because we don't want to get up early, you know. We don't want to put forth that much effort for God, you know. Even though he died on the cross for us, you know, we, and so we want to we wanna have all this smorgasbord of, of offerings. And then we want to make sure that the church we go to has the most convenient parking possible, Right? <laughs> Because we don't want to have to walk like 100 yards to get to the church. You know, that's, that's a lot of effort. And I've even heard people over the years come to the Oasis and say, well, we love your church, Pastor, but it, it's just too far to drive. And I ask them, like, where do you live? Oh, we, you know, we live about 10 minutes away. I'm going, you realize I live 35 minutes away, right? You know. But, but it's just like we want... We want no effort at all put into our worship. We, we want everything convenient. We want everything laid out for us. We don't want to put forth any sacrifice. We don't want to be inconvenienced at all. That wasn't the wise men. That wasn't the wise men. They made huge sacrifices to travel from the east where they were to Bethlehem because they believed that Jesus Christ was worth all their effort all their time, all their treasure, all their work that they had to put into that trip. And then when they got there, what did they do? It says they bowed down and worshipped him. This baby. Don't forget, these are men in that society that were honored. They were esteemed. They were looked at as Leaders, they were movers and shakers. They were people that carried huge weight in their society. People looked up to them. And now these wise men are coming with this huge caravan and they're going into this home where this young child now is living with his mother and father and they are literally bowing down, adoring him on bended knee. Yeah. Because that's what worship is also. It's adoration. It's love. They, they not only thought that Jesus Christ was someone that they would admire and that they were in awe of, and that's part of worship as well. Being in awe of our God and who he is and what he's done. Admiring him, adoring him. But then it goes on to say that when they came into the home, they worshipped him. These men that were considered great in their own society acknowledged that they were now in the presence of one greater and superior to themselves. And they bowed down and worshipped him. A baby, but no ordinary baby. God come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that one day, every knee will bow, 
and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, it's not a question of will Jesus receive worship from every last human being who's ever lived. It's just how will that worship take place? Will it take place one day in eternity because you have to or because you want to? Remember, all of us are worshiping someone or something right now in our lives. We are, because that's how God created us. He created us to worship, to live for what matters most, to, to find out what is of greatest value and worth. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons why the Bible makes sure that the story is told about the wise men. Because you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the skill of living life. The skill of living life for what really matters. What is of greatest value? It, it's not only being able to determine as we move through life between making a decision between what's good and bad. I mean, most human beings can do that, right? That doesn't take a lot of wisdom to determine what's good and bad. Not that human beings still don't choose what's bad. But wisdom is being able to choose between what's good and what's better or even between what's better and what's best. That's wisdom. And that's why the wise men are such great examples, not only of wisdom, but of worship. Of being open to God speaking to them and saying, you know what, even though we're honored and esteemed and people look up to us and we're considered to be very, very smart, intelligent people, we're open to what God's saying to us. And we realize we don't know it all. There was humility in their worship, even as these great men of renown. And they came a great distance, making unbelievable sacrifice to get to Bethlehem to worship the Lord. And also, what did they do when they got there? It says they opened their treasure boxes and that those treasure boxes were filled with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These would have been their most valued and precious possessions on earth. The things that materially were of greatest value. And what did they do? They gave them to him. To him. Because by giving to him, they were saying... Nothing or no one is of greater value than you, Jesus. Here, we give you these gifts. You know, sometimes, or maybe a lot of times, when we approach God, even those of us who, again, believe we are God's people, we're always about getting from God. But you know what worship is? Worship isn't just about receiving Worship is about giving back to God. Worship is about giving God our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure. It's about giving back to God our praise, lifting him up, exalting him, singing songs of praise to him because we believe that there's no one or nothing that is of greater worth or value 
than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of the wise men, is that the wise men are saying to us, there is no one or nothing that you could ever pour your life into and give yourself to than Jesus Christ. Why don't you follow our example, meaning the wise men, and bow down and worship the Lord Jesus Christ? This Christmas could be the greatest Christmas you've ever celebrated tomorrow. And you know how? By worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas by opening up your heart and allowing him to come in and be your personal savior because that's why he came as a baby because that same baby grew up and revealed God's love to everyone that he ever came in contact with and he told people I'm here today on this earth for one purpose I'm going to go to a Roman cross and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die in your place, and I'm going to take the punishment and the judgment and the wrath of God that all of us as sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God deserve. And yet I as God love you so much that I'm going to take that upon myself so that if you believe in me, your sins will be forgiven and you will have everlasting life and you will never have to worry about your sin anymore because I've taken care of it. And it's all because I love you. And I want to have a personal relationship with you. I want to be as close to you as we can possibly be. That's why God did what he did. That's why he left the glories of heaven and came to earth as a human being and even as a baby. Because he wants to have the closest possible relationship with everyone that he's created. And everyone in this room and everyone who's watching over live stream tonight, you are a unique and valued creation of God. He made you. He designed you in your mother's womb. And he loves you. And he wants you to come to him. And if you come to him, I can say this from personal experience. You will never regret it. <laughs> if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, a worshiper of Jesus Christ, you will never regret it. I'm not going to tell you your life's going to be easy because it won't be. Jesus never said being his follower is going to be an easy life. But there would be no more rewarding life. No more life that will fulfill you and satisfy you because there's nothing that the world can offer us as human beings that can totally fulfill and satisfy. Only Jesus Christ can totally fulfill and satisfy. And I am going to pray over all of you tonight. And I'm even, as a pastor, going to plead with some of you, give your life to Jesus tonight so that when you wake up tomorrow, you can celebrate Christmas like you've never celebrated it before because you will truly, personally know the Christ of Christmas. 
And like the wise men, you have come to a place in your life where you are willing to come to him and worship him because you believe that there is no one or nothing of greater value or worth than the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back at this point. I'm going to ask those that are helping us with the candles to go ahead and get set in place. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And when you stand, we're going to light your candles. Just a couple of quick directions so that we don't have a fire. Okay? Make sure that you're not tilting a lighted candle that the lighted candle stays straight up and that you are taking the unlighted candle to light off the lighted candle. And when everyone has their candle lit, you know, it's going to be a, a great way to just dim the lights and just see the light of God in this room. Because the Bible tells us that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And when we have Jesus Christ in our life, we become light through him. And so why do we do Christmas Eve candlelight services? It is very symbolic and a powerful reminder that now we have the light of God and God wants us to let our light shine. So let us shine the light of God out in this place today. And not only with a candle, but from our heart, let us shine the light of God out through our lives as we live for him and worship him every day. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to just say a quick prayer, and then we're going to go into just worshiping the Lord tonight as we end our Christmas Eve service. Father, I pray tonight 